Hi, and welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Danny. I'm a recently qualified barrister who works in human rights and public interest law, and I also do some consultancy on the side, as well as running the website www.legaldiaries.ie and the Instagram page at legaldiaries.ie. On the podcast, we dive deep into all things health, fitness, mindset, studying, habits, dating, and career, and probably so much more. I will aim to bring you the tools and actionable steps to smash your goals, inspire you to take bold action, and above all else, put yourself first. Hello everyone and welcome back to another Legal Diaries podcast. I am joined by the wonderful Anya. Um, So I'll just hand over to Anya to maybe introduce herself. Hi! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So squeaky. Um, Hi, I'm Anya Boyle. Um, I better just get this out of the way now. I'm from Donegal. Better just like announce this to the world. Um, I am a musician, uh, advertiser, music producer, Ah, oh, you name it. I'm kind of work, working between these things at the minute. A jack of all trades. For anyone kind of listening, so I actually know Anya for five, six years now. Eh? Yeah, something five, like that. Yeah, um, and we started working in a shop together. So she used to also work in a shop when we were in college together. <laughs> so you are, but you are like a a jack of all trades in terms of like you. Because when I came, like when I started, I can't remember. Oh yeah, you came across my TikTok page. And I was like, oh, there's Anya. And then I went and had a look at your Instagram. And I was like, I never would have known Anya is incredible at music. Because <laughs> you never spoke about it when, like, when I used to work and stuff with you. So like, what got you into music maybe initially? And then maybe just speak about your journey with music, I suppose. Yeah, well, it's, it's really interesting because I did quite well in music when I was at school, like I was in, you know, choirs, I was in a marching band for nine years, played the accordion, um, and I have, I'm trained, I was trained by a Bulgarian opera singer, so I had always thought that I was going to go into a more performative, dramatic role, and when I went to set my leave insert, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do like drama somewhere. And then my dad was like, no, you need, you need a business degree on you. You're so good at business. And I was like, I don't really want to do business. And so I ended up um, picking the Law Matrice in Galway, which was my first choice. And my leaving cert came around and I didn't get offered my, until my sixth choice. So that's how I ended up in UCD uh, doing uh business in French so Commerce International and music kind of took a little bit of a back backseat like I'd always I've been writing music since I was 13 like composing writing lyrics but um, <laughs> because like studying a language can be so intense like I found that it took up so much of my time that I just kind of didn't really play too much with it for a while. Studying music or studying music sorry studying uh, a language in college because I did one for my undergrad oh, yeah. it's so fucking intense like oh. it is it just kind of and I used to get really pissed off because I could work so I did non-law undergrad so I could work super hard at um 
my language and then put maybe half effort into my other subject and I would probably do pretty shit in the language and then yeah it's just it's so it's so kind of hard so heartbreaking (laughs) yeah it really is but like at the same time I think your business background will benefit you in music um like there's definitely something to be said for the fact now that you work in advertising so you're very kind of like media savvy in terms of like promoting yourself and doing all that kind of stuff and what got you back into music then so after you took a kind of break away from it um so I had moved back to Dublin after um to do my master's and after my master's actually a a friend of mine had passed away and I realized how much I needed music in my life to process those feelings and emotions and I ended up buying a piano (laughs) for my little house on Mead Street um I used to like leave my window open on Mead Street and I've had people shout up to me that's lovely love and I was like that thank you (laughs) You can see me at my show in 10 years time. <laughs> but um, yeah, the God, my housemates were probably like, will this doll ever be quiet? But um, yeah, it was kind of that I really needed an emotional outlet and exercise wasn't really doing it for me. And then I bought the piano and it just kind of evolved from there. I'd been practicing more um, and then my writing got better. And then lockdown happened and I was like, I am going to go insane in Killy Beggs um, with all six of my family in one house, sharing a room with my twin sister. <laughs> I was like, I need Oh to- my gosh. <laughs> I can imagine. Like, I thought it was bad enough moving home anyway, initially, because I was going to do it, but I was kind of then forced into it because of lockdown. Um, but I couldn't imagine having to share a room. No. I think I'd go actually demented, but not at twenty six. <laughs> yeah, but but fair play, you've survived. So clearly, music yeah. has has some saving grace for you to get you through sharing room, and then obviously other tough times. And yeah. um, actually, speaking of piano, you'll find this story hilarious. So at the start of lockdown, I was like, I have always wanted to learn piano, like always, 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 always want to learn, and I'm not very musical. Um. Like I would have done Keltus when I was younger, but that's the extent of my musical ability. Um, and I, so I ordered myself a keyboard. Nice. Completely forgot about it. And then in, I, my mother was already going on at me because random packages were arriving at the house pretty much every week from online shopping. <laughs> and then it was like one day in June or July a really big box arrived at the front door like huge and my mother was like what is this and I was like I think that's that piano I ordered in April (laughs) (laughs) and I haven't managed because I was obviously doing all my exams remotely and all that I haven't managed to get around and like sit down and actually teach myself or learn but so it's it's a gorgeous piano beautiful haven't touched it yet like gorgeous keyboard sorry <laughs> I haven't touched it yet but it was the fact that my mother was like why do you keep ordering stuff and then one day I completely forgotten I had ordered it because I ordered it as like a birthday present to myself and then in like July it arrived but it was this huge box that was just left at her front door and my mother walked out and she was just like what have you ordered um so yeah and um what kind of so obviously it helped you get through a grieving process and everything and what has music been an outlet for kind of 
anything else for you or like what has kind of kept you going back to music is it just like living at home and kind of having your own space and stuff like that I think I have had I've actually been thinking an awful lot about this recently like what is it about singing and songwriting that makes me feel like released I suppose in a way and I have always felt quite silenced by people like I'm a very outgoing loud like you know you know me in college I said what I thought I would like stand up in the middle of those student union meetings and be like no absolutely not we're not doing this and I always kind of felt like people were telling me to be quiet and shush and so I had actually you know experienced sexual assault when I went on my Erasmus and I needed a way of being able to process that emotion because people were so quick to be like, you'll get, you'll be fine. You'll just, just get over it. Just get over it. And, you know, I had friends of mine, they're, I mean, they're no longer my friends, but say things like, oh, you'll just get over it on you. It's fine. That's like, it's no big deal. And I'm like, cool. Well, it's changed my entire perspective on life. So it has. And so music allows me to have a voice and have an opinion and have something to say that I'm sure other people, you know, need to hear as well. And I really like the idea of creating a world that people can live in or an experience that they can be a part of where they don't have to worry so much about what's going on in their own life. And they can just like be in that moment and we all share something mm. together. And I, I just really liked that idea of like having words that mean something like instead of just like not that talking about like singing about sex and all that stuff isn't fun but you know sometimes you need to have a message to your to what you're yeah but that that's the kind of music that I think I would gravitate towards as well like that tells a story yeah. and creates this world that you can relate to and though definitely and that must have been such a hard time because you were in France weren't you for Erasmus yeah yeah so you were like really isolated already probably on Erasmus yeah. away from your friends and your family and then to have such an awful thing and it's such an Irish culture for people to be like Asher you'd be grand yeah that, that's grand like just brush under the carpet there um and do you find you kind of didn't deal with it until you got back to music or yeah absolutely because like I was 20 when I was when I was like it's very hard I kind of never know whether to use the term like assault or rape because it gets really difficult to talk about the levels and degrees because of diff the way that people assume things that happen to you but I definitely did not deal with it until I was maybe like oh, I'm gonna say I was 23 or 24 before I really really looked at it like I had to go to therapy and there was a whole lot of things that came with it but I don't think I properly looked at the effects it had on my perception of men, on my mental well-being until I sat back down with my piano and was like, okay, just just write about it. And it, it's so the the process of songwriting is so therapeutic because you know, sometimes you might just start with a word or you might just start with a um a chord and it'll just flow. And it's just such a release to get all of that mm. on the page and it'll come so naturally. And some of the, some of my beginning songs that I, when I went back to music are very much like that. Like they, I wrote them in 15 minutes, no problem. Like, yeah. And I suppose it's kind of, it was probably easier because you're come, you're speaking about it through music on your own th terms. Whereas I find when you're, 
in therapy like even I've gone through therapy for for other items but you're kind of like it sounds really weird but like I would before going to a therapy session I would sit there and be like okay what am I going to talk about today and you kind of prepare yourself but that's not what therapy is supposed to be whereas I used to be like I'm going to go and I'm going to be really silent and I'm not going to have anything to talk about and what if I don't so you kind of go pre-prepared for therapy I often find or counseling um which is it kind of defeats the purpose because you're supposed to just kind of discover and like figure out everything like that so yeah so I suppose that that kind of leads us on to the cheaper than therapy series that you did um so do you want to talk a bit about that or kind of yeah so cheaper than therapy um I started writing during lockdown um, for a number of different things. I was going through a breakup. I had just moved home to uh, Donegal. I was dealing with a lot of issues that I hadn't, I kind of thought of it as Pandora's box and I, someone had cracked open Pandora's box and now everything was pouring out. And because of lockdown, you kind of didn't really, you know, you didn't really have a choice. You did have to deal with it. You had so much time on your hands that I don't, I don't think I personally would have dealt with a lot of the stuff that I have over the last couple of months if I didn't have this time to do it. And so I had all of these, this idea that I wanted to be able to take people on the journey of therapy through a musical process. So starting with identifying your belief systems, and that's what Midnight Thief is about. And it's kind of based on how you know, I grew up watching Disney. I was obsessed with Disney princesses, goddamn Disney, telling me that like a man had to come in and swoop me off my feet. And like, you know, that that was how I was going to be saved. So I definitely mm. had a, pre, a pre-existing belief on what relationships and love should look like. And unfortunately, experiences happen throughout life that change that. And so mm. one of the songs was meant to talk about the different triggers that you might have so like dangerous lover was about warning signs and triggers and how you actually really have to know what your triggers are like if you walk into a relationship without knowing what those are well then of course it's not going to work out you know you need you really need to know yourself and what is going to set you off yeah like your red flags definitely yeah Um, And so that was kind of the whole motivating factor behind it. I wanted to be able to not only share my journey, but also show people that like, it's no big deal. Like everyone has Mm. mental health issues. Everyone has, um, you know, different situations in their life. One in four women will experience sexual assault by the time that they're 24. That's insane. That's, and that's like, you know, the, you can go to places like France where it increases, like in the particular area where I was insult, assaulted, it was two in every four. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a frequent occurrence and we as a society haven't been able to address so many of different things that have happened, you know, the Belfast rape trial, the, the Cork trial. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a really... Very, yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, there's so many occasions where like even myself or I would have friends talk about kind of just experience on night out and they're like oh I went home with this guy oh we're at somebody with like off rep I'm like sure everything happened and I'm like yeah you know you need to kind of like I think there's a lot of people a who 
don't want to accept the one in four but when you look down to it and you think back and i'm not encouraging anyone listening or triggering anyone to think back on all of their sexual experiences but when you go back and you think and you like start to kind of second guess and you're like was that completely consensual like was i really drunk because so like it is i don't want to say it's easier said than done but like it, it happens and it's appalling that it happens and um like it is a thing we need to talk about more but just bring it back I know you mentioned the Belfast trial like that like I still can't fathom what like went on in that trial so for anyone listening there's this huge trial to do with two people two male well it was a house party but two males who happened to be two um rugby guys um, and they're quite big in rugby in Ireland and because of obviously the media and the press attention around that the girl whether or not you believed her got absolutely pulled through the mud so it wasn't for me a case of like I would have friends being like Asher like it didn't happen and I'm like that's grand you can believe what you want but you don't have to engage with all the hateful media online yeah. because engaging and being a part of that is what makes women not want to speak about their experiences. Um, and I don't know, kind of from your own perspective of being someone who has been a victim of it, what was your kind of feelings, if you can even articulate yeah. them? <laughs> it's, I actually had been, um, my offices where they were, were based on Leeson Street um, and turning before that or after that. And so I had known that the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre centre was up there and I had done research that had shown me that it their calls increased 350 percent 350 percent because people were so triggered and I was one of them and I don't think people understand that like I remember people who had told me to get over it and was like oh it's fine Anya you're like you're being dramatic or whatever were sharing their personal opinions with ha without having any real experience that I was aware of um and being like oh Anya have you seen this like what do you think of this like what you know you that you that's been attacked surely you have an opinion on this and I remember being in my room on Mead Street and I had a panic attack it was the first proper panic attack I have ever had and I had to I thought I was going to have to go to hospital and I put myself straight into therapy after that and um it was one of the most horrendous experiences to to go through that and watch people's opinion uh in culture and have such a such a like personal opinion on things that I yeah. don't we've ever been educated on and then obviously the Cork trial where that young girl's oh brought into the cork and that that is what really um brought to life i won't lose in cheaper than therapy yeah um because i just i couldn't fathom it i just couldn't fathom it like yeah because like that trial came at a point where say you hadn't like cheaper than therapy hadn't happened you hadn't gone into therapy yourself so you hadn't dealt with kind of your feelings around that you'd kind of buried it and then yeah. you had all of these people poking and prodding you to get your opinion on the trial and you're like I haven't even dealt with it myself please leave me alone please stop asking my opinion but then also forcing their kind of opinion on you about the trial yeah. um, so I'd say yeah it just like this came up kind of in another podcast I recorded the other day like we just briefly spoke about how bad um, sex education is in Ireland and how brushing under the rug we are about everything um that kind of happened so yeah. 
like it just it just angers me so sorry you've spoken about part one so what it's a six part series is it six well there were there were nine but six seven of them have actual lyrics and then two I was kind of just like fluffing about with them (laughs) I kind of was like geez they're very sad and they're very hard to listen to I might throw some two like two in that are a bit you know a bit more crack (laughs) (laughs) I put two then in um there's one that's called thank god you're gay and it's like it's like a you know I obviously love my friend Timmy for more than being gay but you know when I speak with him he listens to me he looks me straight in the eyes and he is engaged but there are situations where like I and this happens you know everywhere it happens in the workplace as well and you're having a conversation with someone and I know they're looking at my chest or I know they're not really thinking they're like look at this little girl you know who has an opinion like I don't really need to listen to her and they'll just brush off what I say so thank god you're gay was like well I know you won't you don't want to have any sexual relations with me so you know he's listening (laughs) yeah yeah like obviously you love him for everything aside from that but there's also that kind of safe space where you're like we're having a genuine conversation here and you have no other thoughts that are at all like not related probably to this conversation right now but that's and like it it doesn't I find like it doesn't matter like how attractive you are or how attractive you feel you'll always get leers when you're a female yeah it's also a trigger as well like people you know people think I hate men I don't hate men but there are because people don't understand the long-lasting effects of an experience like that you know it's it's someone followed me home someone premeditatedly picked me out of a crowd and followed me home and assaulted me that is a completely that is you know to feel that all the time I constantly have I constantly have like my eyes open and when people yeah. about different experiences you can't shut that off you can't yeah. just suddenly think oh this isn't going to happen to you because you unfortunately know what the reality of the world is and that wasn't even my that was my first time like pretty severely but I've been assaulted twice since you know I had someone cup me cup, cup my vagina on the street in New York literally six months afterwards thought I was going to have a breakdown in the middle of New York I've had like men come up to me in a nightclub and like just grab me in a really inappropriate way and I'm like these are things that are the, the what, 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 what did I say to my mum the last day I said with the with the rape right I can go that one event this is everything that comes from it but actually yeah. trickling down effect of the patriarchy that women also uphold by saying things like, oh yes, but look what she wears, look how she acts, oh. she, she's, you know, slutty or whatever it is. Like, we uphold the pa- patriarchy and this vision of men being the, you know, dominant yeah. sex doing that. And we completely hurt ourselves in doing I hate women that cut down other women. Oh, it's like super. one of my, like, big pet hates. Yes, you can have a problem with someone, but have a problem with someone because they are a person don't have a problem with someone because of I'm like yeah you can look at someone and you can go oh oh like that's that's a very skimpy dress but you don't have to verbalize that and cut her down in front of everyone else like I just or you can be very polite about it like I've I I've worked at conferences before and I've seen a girl who like clearly was flashing other people when she bent down but she probably didn't realize it was happening and I've I've approached someone before in a very kind of 
polite manner and just said oh just you know blah, blah blah and she was literally mortified but in like not in a good way but in a way of like oh thank you so much so like this is it though whereas like a lot of people look at her and be like slut at, rather than I'm like is that needed this is, is that- like a really interesting segue onto OnlyFans because I would love to know your opinion on OnlyFans I debate about it so much in my head. <laughs> like, I literally, I was actually only thinking about this yesterday. Was it yesterday? Or maybe it's today. I debate about it so much because obviously, so how would you even describe OnlyFans for any, not that anyone listening would even like not know what OnlyFans is. Yeah. Like a subscription platform, like a Netflix, but yeah. for maybe more adult content. But then I do know people who like, post pictures of bees on it so yeah you know what I mean you just don't know what you're gonna find on there <laughs> I think it's 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 allowed like it's allowed a lot of say big influencers to monopolize and fraud people out of money in terms of say like a big influencer might come out with an OnlyFans account oh, and I then you'll get <laughs> yeah a little like little boys will go on and they'll be like oh my god this is so exciting like I can like pay whatever the subscription is for that premium content and then sure they uncover it it's a picture of bees yeah (laughs) so like that's what I mean like you don't so there's that aspect of it there's also the aspect of it where I'm like you go you do what you want if that's what you want to do like power to you but then there's the other aspect where I'm like no like (laughs) yeah if I if I had yeah no like it's your personal choice would probably be no yeah 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 it's really interesting though I'm obsessed with it I love asking people this question and then I actually asked one I asked a question on my Instagram and I was like oh I'm curious what do people think of OnlyFans and not not one female answered it not one girl all of the lads were commenting being like yeah yeah it's really interesting are you starting one (laughs) I was like would you like to subscribe to my channel (laughs) you know that's what I mean like you but they could be the first to call me like a slot or a tramp or whatever words they want to use if I was to post one but I just fully believe that like anything that gives women autonomy to their body I'm just like I'm all on board for it because you know I have seen young girls send a photo to their boyfriend but then the boyfriend or maybe one of his friends might have got hold of his phone ends up sharing it with someone else she didn't consent to the multiple oh no like I have and I've seen that happen firsthand through friends thank god I don't think it's ever happened to me but um and I've also I've worked in a secondary school so I've seen that kind of like it's a child like for younger kids especially like it's a child protection concern like and kids do it when they're 15 and 16 they send these explicit images that end up somehow so I think if you if like I agree in that sense of only fans because you're doing it by your own choice you're putting your own content out there you are owning your body then at the other end of it I have this whole kind of just hate relationship with it that someone can it's because a lot of people especially big influencers can con people into spending a lot of money um or even big stars like I think Bella Thorne Bella Thorne got into a lot of bothers what she did changed the whole way that payments are set up for like women whose 
whole salary was based off OnlyFans. She completely changed the way that it was set up. So that was really wrong. Um, and then she was like, oh, I did it for a joke. I did it for like to bring awareness. And I don't think she did, you know, it, it didn't seem very authentic. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever, for all, all the big fans of Onya listening <laughs> out there, when's the, when for, yeah, when, when is the big OnlyFans dropping? I don't know, when my music really hits like a peak and um, I just feel like I, I don't know, that I've got enough clientele to keep me funded. No, I have no idea. I was actually thinking about this, like what I would do. And I feel like it would be very tasteful, like pinup sort of like 1960s. My friends are very, very concerned for me though. Like every time I send them even like a some way saucy picture, they're like, Anya, what is this for? Are you start- like, what is this for? Have you looked into therapy yet? Are you okay? And I'm like, you just want me to chill. Just You're like, fun. I'm just being myself, feeling attractive. Ain't nobody yeah. got to worry that I'm going to go posting it. But like, and then you have the other side of it where people like, I think, one influencer, one TikTok influencer, mm-hmm. um, went trending on Pornhub, I think. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, like, can the content cross? Because so, that, that is that element of it being shared without kind of, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, explicit consent or whatever. But, yeah, like... That's a question for you and your legal matters, because as far as I know, if you post it, it, it can only remain on OnlyFans. And if it is taken outside of OnlyFans, you can press, you can oh. press charges. Yeah. This influencer in particular, well, influencer, I, I, I use that term so loosely because, I, yeah, I don't really, or lightly, sorry, not loosely. I, what, I are don't, you, like, what are they influencing? Unless they're influencing me to save the fucking planet, I don't care. Sorry, probably shouldn't curse. No, this. you can swear. You can swear on this podcast. <laughs> um, um, I, yeah, I don't know, because I had one of my friends the other day, and for anyone listening, like, probably my, I think I have maybe about 200 listeners, if even, anyway, <laughs> for anyone listening, I love you all, but I had one of my friends, like, I only have 1,600 followers on Instagram, and then obviously on my blog as well, um, and I do it because I just like doing it, and um, my friend the other day was like, oh my god, you're such an influencer, and I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm like, I don't influence anyone's opinion on anything, probably. I was like, if I can use my platform in any way to share my journey into law or to educate someone about sustainability or to even talk about pertinent issues like sexual assault in Ireland and race and racism and stuff like that, then I'm super happy. Yeah. Um, But like, when I hear the term influencer, I'm like, what did they do? Get up and do a few TikTok dances or a few skit videos of Irish mammies? I'm like... (laughs) It's really interesting as well because like coming across the music industry and coming across like all the amazing talented artists that we have in Ireland um you know when sometimes I go onto Facebook groups and people will ask questions what do you want like what do you want to achieve by going down the music route and people will be like I just want fame I want people to love me I want them to like turn up and I'm like that's probably not the right I don't know if that's like measurable in terms of success. Like from my business objective, I'm like, I don't, I can't measure that guys. (laughs) But if you do it because you love it and you want to share, even if one person listens to your song and that changes one person's perspective or, um, you know, like when, when I shared, I won't lose, I had a few people message me about their experience and they were like, 
thank you so much for that song. It was really important for me to hear. And I was like, I don't care if only two people had listened to that. The fact that enough had messaged me to let me know that that meant something to them. I was like, that's job done. And if that's all the experience has given me, I'm like, I'm happy with that. You know, I just, yeah. no more silencing. I really can't be arsed with it. I just feel like we all, we need to talk about our shit. We need to educate people. And if music is the way to do it, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, but it is the most kind of accessible, relatable form of content because someone listens to a song um or even someone listens to maybe this podcast or something like that that they can listen to without others really knowing like therapy I think is 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 a a big step for people is you need to research you need to figure out where you're going to go you need to go to the sessions and as I said like I used to prepare myself mentally before going in like I didn't just waltz in and go okay what are we talking about today I used to be like okay what am I going to talk about will I be really quiet and like what I can't bring that up because that's really weird is that really like I used to internalize so many feelings before going in and that's why I just gave it up because I was like this just does not work for me yeah it's very hard to maintain yeah so you have so we've gone through two three 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 of the songs from Cupid and Therapy so Uh, yeah I'll talk about so loving kind is my favorite and I'll tell you why I wrote it so I got obsessed with this book called attached by um I love a good book I feel like I need to google what their what their name is but it's oh by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller and I swear to god it is my bible um a friend of mine gave it to me after um my breakup and I was she was like you need to read this book it's insanely good you're going to understand why communication is such an important part of relationships and it talks about how people are anxious attached avoidant detached and secure so people who are secure have learned the appropriate ways to to, to show love and to receive love mm. people who have avoidant attachment are they they don't necessarily know how to show love and when they are being show love they deactivate and anxious attachment which is what i am are people who grow up with an insecurity about love so either maybe they didn't feel it as when they were younger or they didn't you know it wasn't expressed to them um you know I've always been told that I was such a bold child like me and my sister I have a twin sister and we used to go into our primary school and this is terrible thinking that they did this to children but there was a gold star and a black mark and Grace was golden girl oh she was golden girl and everyone would be like I, I got 10 gold stars and I would come home and I'd be like I got 20 black ones <laughs> <laughs> there was never they never said anything nice about me because I was such a like I would say what I think um I would like correct teachers if I thought they were wrong <laughs> which is like children do that but um so when I was reading the book I was like okay well I'm definitely an anxious attachment and what I realized is that I can't help that I love the way that I do and that I'm that I seek out love from people the way I do um and that's that's why it says you know I can't help that I'm the loving kind um so it's kind of like yeah so that's it's so, my favorite one yeah that's so interesting that that I like I'm a lover of books anyway but that sounds super interesting but just even as you were talking about it I started to evaluate kind of my past relationships and say I was definitely like all three categories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 
depends on the other person that you're with as well for me if I'm with someone who is an avoidant attachment anytime I get a bit anxious about whether or not that they're showing me you know recognition or love or if they're giving me a slap on the wrist and they start pulling away they might use forms of like they might use like sex or they might use like communication as a form of punishment they don't do it but that's just how they might have learned that behavior and that though I mean talk about two people that shouldn't be together and I think imagine instead of teaching people I don't know I'm going to get in trouble for saying one of these ones but let's let's just pick like history that's the wrong one geography (laughs) who cares who cares where we are the planet is moving anyways yeah you know instead why would you not teach people to identify their appropriate communication partner yeah but like it's yeah like that's actually really interesting that you say because the past two podcasts that I've recorded are on two completely the like it include say including this one so the past three are three completely different kind of main topics mm-hmm. and the fact that we need to reform not really csp wouldn't be ap- applicable here but sbhe there is we go. huge sorry um, probably is important i yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i'm so bad at it don't ask me where anything is oh but um, i yeah like and that would but that's one of the things that would fit in there because like it just it just really needs to be reformed like even like there's so many things like I know it sounds really cheesy for anyone listening but even understanding say your love language um Mm -hmm. and you are so like say so my boyfriend he is a talker and that is how he kind of (laughs) shows and love like but in a good way like he will express and he'll be he'll tell me like he's proud of things and everything like that my love language is actions so I will bake something for him I will see something when I'm out and purchase it for him or I will so like even understanding that and understanding that's how you kind of express love and that's what what and being able to say that to other people so me being able to say it's not that I'm not proud of you it's just I don't I didn't grow up expressing myself that way we just express my actions so and like yeah like it's such it's like it's maybe maybe if we keep mentioning it on enough podcasts we'll (laughs) we'll get in there and we'll all reform and figure out what we want to talk about um I just think communication is like the best thing that you can teach a child like if you teach people or if you teach children adolescents adults to say what they want yeah mean what they say and be able to ask for things when they need it well then I mean that's that's better than any preparation you could give them for the world like I know because there's communicating like what you learn in school but then kind of more what you're talking about is like effective communication so yeah to do to do what you did and what you do and speak up about things but in a an effective manner which is I think what you kind of addressed in Jupiter and therapy and like what you probably addressed when you addressed your teachers at school and told them they were wrong, <laughs> wrong. <That's laughs> but like yeah but like it's so true because I like this is like kind of related but not really but like I because I've now um qualified I had a kind of yeah I had a uh, just a really kind of 
not awkward conversation, but I raised the conversation about my professional future with where I'm working at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and my manager, the first thing she said to me, and now she's wonderful, but she applauded me for raising it. And then she said, these conversations are 100% not easy, especially being a female in the workplace. Yeah. So like, and no, and she like, and I was talking to another friend today and she was just like, a lot of people will just stay miserable in a job. So even you to go to your workplace and say, well, I've gotten on this course. Can I have part-time hours? Yeah. Like you need to teach people how to communicate that and just say kind of. People don't know how to ask for what they want. And what I learned like through a couple of different experiences, but number one with the assault in UCD is that like, I did not have the language to ask, to tell number one, to tell people I needed help. And they didn't have the language or the efficient communication to be like, we need to ask her how she is. Like, my experience has always been just don't say nothing, sweep it under the rug, and it'll be fine. It'll fix itself. Oh, but like, it never did. It never yeah. fixed itself. And it would come out when I would drink. It would come out like especially when I would drink, and I would, I, I couldn't continue. I couldn't. I didn't know what I was saying. I could never express how I felt. I would just get so upset and crumble because. I didn't know how to communicate with people, you know? Yeah. And then you were obviously, um, so for anyone listening, so you were in UCD, like I was education officer when you, you were a rep that year, weren't you? I was the rep, the, the, so that happened, my assault happened in 2014. Then I had to, it was a really horrible experience. Basically, I was made to go back to France to set my exams because then I wouldn't qualify to switch from Commerce International to Commerce. So I had to go back, sit my exams in France, stay in the same house that I was already living in where I had been assaulted, come back. Then they were like, okay, well, if you want to stay in Commerce International, you're going to have to go to Bulgaria. No, not Bulgaria, Budapest. And I was like, well, I've got 10 days to go to Budapest? Absolutely not. I need to see a therapist. Um, and then I ended up having to switch to commerce and did 16 modules that year, just so I would qualify for commerce. And then the year afterwards, I was the commerce rep who I didn't know anyone in my class because I was the year above them. Oh, <laughs> there was some crack. <laughs> but you, you were then, so you, obviously you were at a point where you hadn't necessarily dealt with everything and you were involved in the students union at peak consent time so oh my god i'm the, i'm not asking for or not asking for a campaign yeah it was i you probably remember the um forum where i stood up and i was like you cannot call this a slot walk you cannot call it a slot walk but i remember yeah i remember even. yeah because it was all about you like i i think the perspective that was coming from the union because I actually because I was education so I was involved in it in the sense that I was I actually didn't participate because I was sick that day it just happened but I I was involved in the sense that I was part of the team that were running it but I was I was very education kind of academic policy based for my role um, and that's the way I kind of made it but I think the the point they were trying to get across and I think the point that because it is an international movement this yeah. that, and they're like we need to take back the night and like own the word and all that but yeah. some people don't want to no and but it was it was more the way that it was tried to be executed so it was called reclaim the night in canada or like re, like reclaim walk or something but they wanted to call it a slot walk and they were like come dressed in your sluttiest outfits 
and marching them. And first off, I've seen I've seen teenagers like 16 year olds wear outfits that are more revealing to their like mass to their communions like their their brother and sister's communions that were worn that day I was like this is not an accurate representation and also clothes don't are not signifiers of assault like there are women who are fully head to toe in burkas you know I was wearing I was wearing like a very average casual outfit not that that matters but it's one of the first things people ask me like when I was in hospital the the morning after my assault someone had said to me what were you wearing oh but even even the the court case where they brought her underwear yeah I was like what does that matter I'm like wearing lace underwear that would that's consent how who made the jump there Neil Armstrong wouldn't have made that jump you know what I mean so if I, if I go out my next night out, right, and I shave my legs, does that mean that I'm up for it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, and we haven't yet got reform for that, you know, that piece. Yeah, yeah. I believe, so it's like, that's something that needs, like, such active work to get us to a place where, you know, it's, it's just for women. Because right now, I don't think women feel very secure taking their any of their situations to court. I know I probably, I mean, I would probably do it for the sheer, because I watched so much Suits. I'd be like, no, (laughs) take me to court. (laughs) I will win this. But um, a lot of people are, you know, don't feel confident because they, yeah, they they, they probably assume they won't be heard. Yeah. And like from, from a legal standpoint, like those cases are the most difficult in a sense that it's all he said, she said, where she said, she said, or he said, he said, like, depending on what the dynamic is, but it's, it's one word against another, which is such a, like, it's not, it's like, obviously you have to prove the legal test and stuff like that, but you generally will have to go to court to give evidence, which is traumatizing in itself. Um, and then like, even look at the Belfast case, if, your assault in any way involved someone of a higher profile you're likely going to be absolutely dragged through the media i think my puppy's at my door no he's not um but uh yeah so you you will have and so basically you have to make a decision as a victim of sexual assault whether or not you want to relive it that in vivid detail that's taking it to court yeah and you know as well like I had spoke to you previously about this about what happened in UCD with um the lecturer who just only recently had her sexual harassment court or um case and to to know that a it took a lecturer two to three years to get that sort of justice for herself does not set a massively um you know, optimistic standard for the students because, you know, we've seen the culture that goes on in all universities across Ireland. I'm not calling out UCD in particular, it happens everywhere, but it's so hard to think that there would be a positive outcome if I, if I tried to, you know, and I did, I, I tried to get as much justice as I possibly could out of that situation, but you know, you see where it goes. People are just like, oh, but what happened? And can you get me like seven letters and CCTV footage? I would actually, I was asked for CCTV footage of the, and I was like, 
there was no CCTV footage fitted because it was a new building and only for I had letters from someone who was in the building who had heard like me screaming and heard me running up the stairs and like like had seen someone like shooting off from outside of their window only for I had all of these files collated was someone willing to listen but like the process of trying to get someone to listen is insane and it's so triggering yeah but that's the thing like to get someone to kind of have the because in Ireland so I have such debates about this like so in Ireland the state takes the case so obviously it's the state versus whoever the person the the alleged perpetrator is um and I have such back and forth about that because I'm like yes it's very good because obviously in a in a good world it will protect the the privacy and obviously it's wrong against the state and it's nice that it's done that way but on the other hand I'm like surely it would be really empowering for someone to be able to say like I took down my perpetrator um but yeah that's that's and like the trials are lengthy like they're not they're not and like the process behind a trial and getting a trial to the kind of what everyone pictures as a trial is a really lengthy process so for you the cctv the letters the everything yeah and when you came back um to university like when you kind of came back and then were made to go back and sit your exams was that a joint university decision or was that like a ucd decision no that was like very much like i i think looking back now i was clearly unfit to a set those exams b to return to college um i was actually the first person that made contact with a therapist even though that was a prerequisite for me returning to ucd was that i would have to be scheduled to see one almost straight away there was no experience i had a lecturer pull me outside of the door and say when i was writing up my portfolio for you know my whole experience in ucd and he was like you know you know, Anya, I just wanted to speak to you a little bit about obviously your experience in France. We just think it would be a best decision if you didn't include it in your portfolio. And I was like, well, it's a really paramount, you know, a really fundamental thing that's happened to me and shaped my perception of things. It's probably why, you know, I I was driven to get my first when I was in UCD. And uh, they were like, yeah, we just think it would be best not to include it so that you wouldn't sway the marking scheme. I was like, oh, I wouldn't sway the marking scheme because of my trauma. Like those kind, that type of shit. <laughs> I look, but I think about this now and I'm like, how, how did, how did I let, I, I don't know, how, how was this let happen, you know? But like, even like, I have to applaud you for the fact that you got to the point where you didn't really get, like, yeah, you went into therapy and stuff, prior to cheaper than therapy series but it honestly seems like you didn't get a proper release until you started working on cheaper than therapy absolutely not like there you know the the whole and and it's crazy because you know i've had to see a a rape counselor and uh i'm not i'm actually not entirely sure what type of psychotherapy it is but basically she wanted me to reenact the experience and there was something to do with like your spirit animal and I was like get me the hell out of here I've heard what is this and those were the you know I just don't feel like we have the appropriate framework in place to help people so for me music was the only outlet that I knew was reliable enough and safe enough because 
it's really hard what I understand it's also really hard for friends for family to listen to that that story and when people hear you talk about assault sometimes what I find is that people don't think of me as a person they assert themselves into the situation and they're like oh what would I have done if that was me mm. so empathy gets a little bit lost in translation and so you do need a therapist and if you can't get access to a therapist or they're too expensive or like what's happening in COVID they're, they're kind of hard to come by mm. you do an outfit that is safe and reliable and I suffered from I've suffered from an eating disorder for eight years so it was going to go one good way or a bad way so I was like let's let's try the good let's try the yeah good. Let's try um, that. yeah and and that's really like that's really empowering to hear that you've you went the good way and like really even more empowering that you kind of had a like kind of like a fuck you attitude in terms of like you were like I'm going to get my first new CD I'm going to do this and I'm gonna do it I missed out on the first terms. new CD by like point zero point zero six. <laughs> oh girl I feel your pain oh. I missed out like so close I was so freaking close and it was because and I know I'm not complaining but it was because I did too much shit in terms of yeah. I was so involved in university life so be involved in university life but don't let it curtail your yeah. sanity and your your degree as well but like to, to be 0 0.06 off as frustrating as it is and to yeah, have gone no, through such a wavering kind of okay, yeah. you're now Commerce International, you're now back to Commerce International, but not doing French, you're just going yeah. to Budapest. But no, I don't want to go to Budapest yeah. 10 days after a traumatizing experience. Yeah. You're like, I, I just want to be in Commerce. And then yeah. to do 16 modules in a year so you could be in Commerce is like, to do that alone and then to obviously have that compounded by the experience you had is, yeah. is really... Like it's amazing to hear um Thank but you. and it's also like fair play to you for going the good route to dealing okay. with it in lockdown because like I know for myself my mum is a counsellor and she works for the HSE and she got a call the other day for because she's she's basically doing all of her work from home via the phone she got a call the other day from one of her colleagues to one of her case managers to see if she would take on new clients in the capacity of they're now putting specific COVID counselling hours aside to assist people who were affected by lockdown and I yeah. was like to my mom I was like fair play to them because I could see that happening because people that were already suffering from some underlying form of anxiety or depression and we're really isolated for x amount of months or even yourself like reliving yeah. a traumatizing experience in isolation um like in the middle of lockdown like clearly that's just brought a lot of feelings for a lot of people to the fore yeah I think so yeah. and like anxiety is just through the roof for people like I personally have never really felt too much that wasn't related to my like PTSD or my trauma but over lockdown just having that so much time to think about things like I started getting a twitch and I was like I don't why no I swear to god it was crazy my eye was twitching my arm was twitching my sh and I was like is this this is it this is anxiety this is what it manifests at yeah physical nature 
Um, there's a really, really good book that my sister has been reading and telling me about because she hasn't given it to me yet, but it's the how <laughs> body holds the score. And it talks oh. about how, you know, you might, for, you might deal with trauma, you might forget about trauma, but your body will always remember it. And around the same time every year, my body will start to like get little twitches like that, like get really strange soreness, my hair will fall out. And it's just remembering the experience of being in that traumatic position for such an extended period of time. And I just think it's really, it's, it's mad what our bodies are able to go through. That's mad because like on a side note to that, like I've been really interested recently of the mind gut connection. Oh, and yeah. yeah. So I've been kind of like looking up and reading articles and stuff like that. And I actually have a book, which I need to get back into um, on it. And it's so interesting the link so for someone say who has um been on different sorts of medication and stuff the link between like the serotonin in your gut in link with your brain and how they're synced and how like it's so and even that that you're saying how every so often your body will kind of reenact the trauma and relive yeah. the experience is just like our bodies just amaze me sometimes like yeah. have no. you ever had sleep paralysis no, I've read a lot about it. Doesn't Kendall Jenner someone have sleep paralysis? There's someone very. I really big. don't keep up with them anymore. I, I'm not keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, <laughs> I literally only saw because um I went through like a um during lockdown um a random hole of reading about all these different conditions and I read about sleep paralysis because I was like oh this is really interesting and then I think I remember like the article had like famous people who have sleep paralysis and I'm pretty sure she was there Kendall Jenner's people if she does not have it don't come at me I apologize <laughs> I believe it's like your in a way it's your subconscious contacting you to tell you that you have some serious undealt issues that you need to go address and when I originally started doing my one, two, my second part of therapy, um, I swear to God, it was like out of in, like insidious. And it was this woman that kept coming from my wardrobe, just this cloaked figure, this dark hooded thing that would come every night, every night for like, I think six months. It was horrendous. But the more therapy I did, she, so at one point when my therapy was like really intense, like they were on top of me, like holding me down, like the same way that I was held down when I was being like assaulted. And by the end of it, she had retreated back into the wardrobe and I've only had two or three occasions since where she's came back out. But it is like, it is your, your brain telling you that there is something happening in your brain that you need to address that is yeah. traumatizing that's why i like, picked all of those visu visuals as well for like dangerous horror that are um, so like you know the venom and the, because it it's terrifying like what you should know if that is a warning sign <laughs> yeah because i literally the other like i was watching it again just before like we came on just to kind of go through the music and I was wondering, I was like, where did she get all of these? And now that you've explained that Disney connection, because one of the videos has all the, one of them has Disney. Yeah, Midnight it? Thief is all about the princesses, but it reverses. Yeah, it yeah. At the very end, instead of like happy ever after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
so it's it's so interesting to hear the like story behind them and i hope like i hugely recommend anyone to go check out your instagram and see the videos and stuff um and do you have them on youtube or are they just on no instagram? they're on youtube as well so you what youtube definitely but yeah so and what are your so what's your future with music so obviously i know you're in marketing at mm -hmm. the moment but we were discussing just beforehand that's that's due to change <laughs> so what are what are your kind of are there any other kind of feelings that you think you might come out and express through music or are like what's what's your next kind of big step yeah so i got accepted into a music production uh for gaming course which we were like joking about because i was like for gaming so niche and everyone's like are you a gamer and i'm like no um i like the witcher i played call of duty once but <laughs> not like I'm not into it but I really like the idea of being able again as I said before to build a story like a musical story yeah for yeah. and whatever and that really excites me but I also have I'm applying for a grant at the minute to get um funding to produce cheaper than therapy um as an actual album because it's it's not released it's a very like demo work and it costs so much money and I am not a professional mixer or master I do not have the patience for it so um yeah I would hopefully fingers crossed that I'll get accepted for the grant because it would I think it would just be such an important piece of work to have fully finished and put out into the public sphere um yeah because even for something that you say was so kind of I can't think of the word, but like not properly produced, like just produce yourself. You got a good bit of coverage because I saw you were in an article in the Kilkenny People. No, sorry, not the Kilkenny People. Sorry, the Donegal. Yeah. I don't know why I told Kilkenny People there for a sec. It randomly, because I live in Kilkenny, it popped into my head. I was like, sure, Anya's only down the road there. And I was like, no, Anya's in the Killy Bags in Donegal. Yeah. The Donegal, what was, the, I can't remember. I remember reading the article. Yeah, the Donegal was it. And then I am due to have a piece um, out as well with like, um, potentially, I'm, I won't say who it is yet until it goes ahead, but in November, which there is um, sexual assault awareness week, like, and, uh, or yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's kind of perfect because, Oh, it'll be six six years since that experience in November. So it's kind of crazy, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. Do you know what? It kind of feels like things are starting to line up, um, and that's that's really exciting as well to be able. Yeah. to Yeah, and that's kind of nice for you to to have. I don't want to say something good coming out of it, but to have your outlet and to be able to express yourself, and then to be able to provide that platform, as you said, for other individuals that might reach out to you then and say your mu music really spoke to me because blah 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 and even for them to not be comfortable to say it to other people for them to hear your song and then say well I've told Anya there because I listened to her song just just the the kind of feeling of telling someone um yeah. I'd say is, pro is probably very empowering but yeah that's so exciting like I think that like I say gaming music and yeah. music for movies so yeah. movie scores and stuff are probably like so interesting in the sense that like you're adding to a story you're telling a story you're creating a story yeah, yeah. and um are you a, is it the 
I listened to the I was listening to the radio the other day and they're doing a lot of funding and grants for creators and music at the moment. Yeah. Is that the kind of grant that you're going after? Or yeah, there's a lot there's a lot at the minute. So they're trying so what I, from what I can gather, they're trying to make sure that the recording um recording facilities and all of that are still on the move and for musicians who aren't gigging because it's just been so horrendous to their pay and their their way of life is that to give them some way to produce music um while this is still going on so yeah it would be it would be because um, I haven't even got the chance to like gig or play anything which is I just feel like when you write something being able to you know produce it but having people come to a room and listen yeah is a very different experience um than just sharing it online because you don't really know who's going to tap into it and they don't I don't know you can't always add you know you yeah add things when it's live that you can't when it's produced yeah and what was your so obviously you're in quite a local paper what was like how did your family react or how how do your family feel about like your music and stuff at the moment my little sister is my biggest fan Kira she and she's like oh I love her she's the best I'm in her room now <laughs> she's like such a good energy um and she plays guitar and she's really into music she was was she the one in one yeah of your we did videos? um we did Brian Garrett Van Mar which is a yeah. really funny story about that but um a producer for Real Talk Eskielta and TG Cahar found me via Instagram and we auditioned for that show and we went up to Dublin to the RT studios to record our version of Crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen um so we did that in the show unfortunately we didn't get placed um me and Kira have very different like singing styles like I was kind of trained more in like gospel and soul and like really deep singing and Kira has like the most beautiful like indie but very country voice uh so we had to find one that worked for both of us but it was a really great experience but um she's like my number one supporter um I I, I fully don't think like I don't really I don't know my, my parents have always just assumed that I was going to be a performer so they never really said anything everyone was like why are you in advertising you know um why and I was like because you told me to do it <laughs> you're like you're I was like daddy you're the one who told me to do business <laughs> like but I would have done music otherwise but I think they're just happy to see me pursuing things that make me feel like fulfilled and uh I mean, as long as I'm not annoying them too much with the piano, they're like, I have been given out to to be like, Anya, it's 11 o'clock. Can you just like, maybe not? <laughs> oh, and are you out? Cause I know you have kind of a makeshift yeah. office. Yeah. Have you been recording out there? Or <laughs> yeah, your studio or have you, so you've, have you been recording out there or have you been making I record kind of between both. So the piano is in, my room and then the studio is where I have like my kind of like production setup um but I think when I start my course I'm going to definitely move everything out there because there that's re a perfect reverb because it's made of wood um my dad went to all that work of making it for us during COVID so yeah it would be good to put it put it to use I might just like put a bed out there and move out there get a little impossible toilet live out there I, I can imagine you kind of living out there, getting up every morning, having your coffee, 
probably looking at some like stunning yeah. views because you know you yeah. live in school so I, I I just think everyone because one of my good friends lives there as well and she walks out her front door and she's a view of like the rolling hills and the sea and I'm like I'm so jealous oh, <laughs> like but, uh, <laughs> yeah and have you had many kind of have you had any bad reaction from the music and the like in particular like cheaper than therapy like if you had any kind of like hate I think so it was I people were very concerned for my mental well-being when I started like releasing it like I had um people I hadn't spoke to in years ask my friends was I okay (laughs) and I was like like yeah I'm fine (laughs) but thanks I hope you're listening to it and streaming it and sharing it with all your other friends um no I haven't nobody has given me any I mean the prop there's probably people in my hometown who are like who the f does she think she is but like (laughs) notions on that on you one notions on her yeah I don't really care you know it makes me yeah you know as I said if it if it makes me feel good and makes someone else feel good why wouldn't I share it like take the jump no do yeah feel happy yeah and I think that that's fair play to you like I that's why I was like I'm just gonna start a podcast yeah most, most people won't listen but sure look I'll get to talk to you and I was saying to Anya beforehand like obviously we know each other from from previous from undergrad but from like just kind of I've met so many interesting people and like connected with people on a much kind of I don't want to say like deeper level because that sounds really like airy fairy but just like yeah. I would have never probably had this chat with you had it not been kind of bringing you on here and then obviously reaching out to you and listening to seeing the article that you shared from the Donegal women on Facebook and then kind of listening through and I think back just to when we used to work together and I'm like I would never have thought mm-hmm. like it's so like it's so incredible but also sad to see that you kept it all in so well yeah I think it, it, I think it does come back to that thing where like if people tell you to be quiet enough yeah you start to listen to it and yeah. I definitely think that has been my biggest problem is that um, which is you know people think of me and know me as being the person who would like speak in a 500 you know people lecture hall and I would have no problem talking but when it came to talking about stuff that I actually cared about that's really only a recent experience because I decided I didn't want to be quiet anymore and I didn't want someone telling me to shush or be like I'm I'm fed up of making myself smaller so that other people can feel bigger yeah you get what I mean or yeah you know what I mean so or even like making yourself smaller so other people don't feel awkward to have to listen to things I think think, yeah I think we we do that quite a lot in Ireland like we don't want to talk about things that are like make other people feel awkward yeah um and because we know they're like it's 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 it comes back to that whole communication thing like I know I was quite involved with the charity please talk when I was in university but the more I think of the message I'm like yeah talking is great but we need to teach people how to communicate before we get people to talk and we need to teach people how to be proper active listeners like like when you said when you were talking to people about your experience you don't necessarily want them 
to tell you from their kind of mindset what they would have done you just want them to listen and to be like that was awful do you need anything and then you don't necessarily need them to be like oh well if I was there like and did you not do this and like was there no one else with you and you're like just just stop asking yeah (laughs) Yeah. and honestly like my like my my ex-boyfriend would have been the person who listened best and I think that's for sure why we had such an important relationship and connection because when I when I said something he would go are you sure you're okay whereas like most other people like I had someone be like yeah like oh my god that experience I can't believe you know I hope that you're all right but I was speaking to my parents and we spoke about oh my god what if this had happened to me blah 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 and I was like that is not the response that you give to someone to you know I mean it's great that you're thinking about what it would be like in my shoes but you haven't even asked me how my shoes are doing you just completely yeah you know yeah and, and that does come back to like understanding how to communicate efficiently or effectively with people and just be an empathetic just be sound like just be, yeah and I yeah and I definitely like I would because I'm such a fixer like it's just in my personality so I often need to draw back from those kind of situations because I want to help the person and like fix things and be proactive about it but you need to kind of actively listen and like understand the language that the other person is putting out and know that that's not what they want right now they don't want you to come and try make everything better they just want you to listen to the story that they're telling yeah um and do you so if we completely change the tone um (laughs) how so we've spoken about OnlyFans, which like yeah. has become really big because of TikTok. What are you? What's your kind of feeling or vibe around the Irish TikTok scene? <laughs> yeah. uh, I just find it so. Like I have a real love hate relationship with TikTok because I think it's absolutely phenomenal that musicians, um, artists, people on Etsy, small businesses have had mm. such massive growth. Like it is an unbelievably untapped potential. If you can figure out how to pinpoint the algorithm you potentially could have a million streams you could leave your job and start doing the things that you want to do but on the other hand on the other hand side I just think that there's so much toxicity in it because people want their five minutes of fame they want to um using you know, you see a lot of people replying to comments in a really hateful way, and that just creates more hate. It doesn't address the problem, and mm. always the best way. Um, I I don't know. I really don't have an opinion on Irish TikTokers. I think some of them are really good. They're, yeah, I don't really have an opinion on them. Um, You're indifferent. I'm You're indifferent. just kind of like yeah. yeah. And do you think, would you have, do you just, for your own TikTok, so um, Anya produces, I think, just really funny TikToks (laughs) in relation to how, like, I I think I shared with one of my my Donegal friends, and she was like, this is so true and so relatable, Um, just in terms of how kind of cut off Donegal is from every form of, like, useful public transport. Um, And like the insurance one just like blew my mind. Like I felt like reaching AT being like, girl, what are you putting in on your insurance application what? for? I mean, 5,000? I was like, no, they can't. 
I was like, they can't be serious. 5,000? <laughs> it was crazy. And you have your full license, do you? I literally only have my full license about two weeks, but I ended up getting a really good insurance deal from um, Britain's Insurance in Donegal. Little uh, little shout out to Britain's. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it ended up being all right and it's out in my own name, so it was fine. But <laughs> like, I just give out about things. Like when I first seen TikTok, I was kind of like, this is hilarious. I've just been doing this on my close friends for the last two years. Like I have a close, I must add you to it. You'll, you'll get good luck. But my close friends just goes from me giving out about like everything. Like I used to do this thing where I would do the little series, like little the shop where I would go in and I would rate littles in Dublin. Oh my god! But see, this is my kind of this is my entertainment. This is what I'm into. Yeah, like, I'm. I've no time for learning some stupid fucking TikTok dance. Nah. Yeah. Go in and rate me. Like, I, I remember there was a girl, she was going around writing hand sanitizers in different supermarkets. And I was just like, this is my vibe. This is where I thrive. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, definitely add me. I'm so, you're going to get so many random requests for from people to add you to their close friends list now. On my TikTok, I do the exact same stuff there. Only <laughs> sometimes when I am going through, like, I was actually going through a bit of like a mental no I was a meltdown it was a proper meltdown and this is when you shouldn't have the internet but I posted it to my close friends and then I went off and I came back on and I had like 20 messages and they were like Anya I'm very concerned like we we need to like set up like one of my friends rang me was like I am going to pay for you to see a therapist Anya and I was like I'm fine I I swear to god it's just my hormones (laughs) it's just my I blame my hormones for everything (laughs) it's just my hormones it's fine I've too much my body right now oh that's so funny though but I definitely have those moments as well like I but like mine are just like like even when I when I started kind of doing this I remember I I had just finished kind of the my exams and I hadn't even got my results yet and I had finished because I was working part-time and full-time and I finished my part-time job and my boyfriend was like okay so you're now in second or third year you need to stay here rather than go back up to like fifth year in your life and kind of how involved and things you are and how hyper and then and I was like yeah yeah of course of course and now I'm literally probably at 20th year in my life and I'm like I'm yeah. just on the brink of a nervous breakdown but if I keep like smiling through it it'll be fine yeah but so, don't you feel like women's hormones kind of fluctuate to the point like I I have really mad periods of like manic highs and lows because um I'm not I'm not diagnosed this is a self-diagnosis but I'm pretty adamant that I have PCOS and I go so neurotic like I I like might get up at five o'clock in the morning go for a run come back cook my breakfast like produce a song go back out for a walk like and then two weeks later I might just like sleep the whole day and like sleep through my 20 alarms and I feel like women's women have just so much shit to deal with like (laughs) god bless god bless us yeah but like like it's so true though like we have to deal with having multiple personalities in one month we have to (laughs) deal with um going through periods of just having a day where we're just like so tired and so zonked out um Like I took a nap earlier. I never nap. And I just fell asleep on my bed. I was like, I can't even look at anything anymore. I was kind of lying there anyway. 
and I just felt and then my brother was knocking on my door being like do you want dinner and I was like what time is it and he's like it's six o'clock I was like <laughs> how, when, when did I fall asleep like it's just and then we, we can't dress how we want um because like it's really hard <laughs> Being, what I've realized just through everything is like being a woman in today's society is extremely hard, but it's also extremely rewarding. And I don't think I would want to change being a woman for anything, regardless of all of the situations that come from it, because women are like the best, like girls are the best. Just, every, you know, you can have such wonderful conversations with them. You can have a real bond with women, like lesbian TikTok is amazing. Um, yeah <laughs> I like fully think that I'm just gonna stay there for a while <laughs> um yeah like it definitely but like even if you look back yourself like you have had such a whirlwind six months like you're you went through a breakup mm -hmm. you decided to process all previous kind of like traumatic experiences oh, yeah. you produced a lot of music you went up for that show that you went up for regardless of how far you made it, you still went up and recorded. You have completely decided to become <laughs> a music person for games, <laughs> like a music production. So you're having a complete change of career. Are you sure you're not having a midlife crisis? I like might be. I, they're definitely, my boss has definitely men mentioned it to me and I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. Look, yeah. I was like, advertising's not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of look at this, like it's not just music production for gaming, it's music production for commercial, you know, film. That is. Yeah. And I yeah. look at a lot of the ads that are produced in Ireland and some of them are amazing and some of them are kind of not so amazing. And I just feel like I am a much more creative person and I would like to be more involved in that side of production. So who knows where it's going to go, but I just think it's such a, an amazing asset and skill to have yeah no definitely and like I think marketing is such a fluid thing like I've definitely ended up on the small business side of TikTok but also the this is how you can have a side hustle while you're in college and the amount of people that are like just get really good at like Google ads and like get really good at all this and then just do marketing for like a small business or something in your area and I'm like it's so, like, if you think the amount of people, like, so say I do all of my own content, all my own designs, all my own, and I am in no way at all trained in this. And people are like, how do you know, like, what, what, what your outreach is? And I was like, I just put up content and sure hope for the best. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, yeah. the, like, people are, like, it, it's, it's not that, like, I don't, I don't even know what the word is, but influencers are the future, which sounds so bad of me to say but like my brother doesn't watch tv my brother watches youtube yeah like i couldn't tell you the last time he would probably watch a tv show and if he did it was on netflix yeah i have like a really i have a strong opinion of what i think is going to happen with the world and i just believe that yeah influencers are going to be important but what we need more entrepreneurs we need more people to fight against like the 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 mega goliaths that are amazon google and facebook yes it doesn't matter whether your job is in you know as an influencer because google and amazon and facebook are going to own every industry they're going to go into pharma they're going to go into education they are going to have their hand in every cookie jar and everyone will be working for them and unless you have people that are making new things that are 
you know, influencers, yeah, sure, they're great for prom promoting all good, but unless they're entrepreneurial and creating things that people need in an evolving, changing world, they won't be the future. The future will be the entrepreneurs. And I think yeah. the younger generation of, of um, like the Gen Zers are probably the ones that have just had enough and are like, fuck it, fuck capitalism. I don't want to be in this cog anymore. Which like, yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's the thing as well like I like I use the term so lightly because everyone uses it as like a paint the brush kind of term for everyone but I like anyone that has any kind of social media presence but like I only very much support people that are having that are entrepreneurs in their own right creating their own business and making a change so like say you with your music having those important conversations around sexual assault and stuff regardless like you could have like a million followers but you're doing something proactive with your platform um and it's the same for all like anyone else so like that's why I love being on like the small business side of TikTok I'm like go girl you yeah. own that Etsy shop you do like I've literally the amount of times I went to my mom I was like do you think I could start like my own business and mom was like what would you do and I was like something like sustainability related not sure and my mom was like maybe you could start it from home and I'm like why are you encouraging me you're supposed to be like no do not start your own business um Absolutely start your own business I'm such a like absolute do it do it <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll like give me a, a a while. I'll have you produce um a song for one of my commercials on Instagram. Well, also, um, my dissertation for my master's, I want to tip my own horn here, was internationally recognised for its contribution to environmental communication research. So I do, I am heavily involved in like sustainability, and you know, I don't purchase fast fashion. I don't really understand. You know, I kind of like try to upskill like upskill upcycle whatever I have and that's where like influencers I don't I probably sound like Anne Hathaway in the devil wears Prada when she talks about the blue jumper but I just don't I just don't get it I have never been into style so if all you're influencing me to do is to buy another cardigan I don't know yeah no like I get you like I think they're the <laughs> the because in the podcast that I just recorded, like we spoke about, like on the one, sorry, the one that came out this Thursday, um, I had two lovely ladies on, Sarah and Laura, and we were just talking about like fast fashion and stuff and how kind of, because Laura owns like her own jewellery company. Um, and actually you'd probably love the, the concept behind it. So it's like, I thought it was just like so simple, but so empowering. Um, so she, I think it was, she started like the idea of it when she was on her, I think it was her weight loss journey or it was, it was going through a health journey, but she had a bracelet and every time she hit a milestone, she would put a bead on the bracelet. Um, yeah. And then, so a lot of people in her group that she was in was kind of just asking her about where she got this. So then she got the idea to start a company. And initially she was kind of sourcing from those big kind of conglomerates for all of her pieces. And then she was just like, no, like I want to go down to like Joe down the road and source the bracelet locally from a local jeweler. And I want to yeah. source all of my beads locally. So she kind of then transitioned to being more sustainable. And 
like her product is now marked up a lot more expensive but it's something that will last you a long time and when I say a lot more expensive it's like 50 to 60 euro so it's not like considerably more like it's yeah. not in the hundreds but I found it such like a gorgeous idea for a company because she said that she's had people that have say anxiety or have gone through like some PTSD for some from some traumatic experience and every time they reach some form of milestone they put a bead on the bracelet and then whenever they oh, hit like a yeah whenever they hit like a a hurdle say you can look down at the bracelet and see how far you've come yeah oh that's really nice see yeah I that's what I just believe like when I say entrepreneurial that's what I mean like local um thoughtful like you yeah those that you there's something about having a one-of-a-kind piece um that has had massive consideration put into it like that has been picked almost for you that you have that just appeals to me so much more than like having a mass-produced sweater that from h&m that i know like every tom dick and harry is going to have and it's not even about who has it it's more that like it's so easily disposable then because you don't love it yeah you know what I mean yeah but like even I must actually listen back because or even message her because I'm so bad but I was recently looking into getting like a new like bag like not handbag like kind of like bag but also that I could use in like a professional setting uh and I had um Bobby on for she's from the little eco lady on Instagram for the first one and I can't remember the name of the company it's a UK based sustainable company and she got this bag and it was a lot more expensive than your general run-of-the-mill bags but they include in each sale free kind of repairs and all that for life so you are going to have so instead of going through multiples of bags they'll take it back and they'll repair it and they'll do whatever and I thought model is as well yeah and I thought that was like super super interesting and like Doc Martens used to offer that you used to be able to buy a life it was called like the lifeline shoe and if the sole came off of it or if anything happened to it you could just go back to the Doc Martens shop and get it repaired but because they then started they moved to a different company where they were paying less for their resources um or for their materials the soles were cracking a lot quicker so they weren't lasting the 20 30 years that they had before they were only lasting four or five years and so they got rid of that and i'm like well that you were much more sustainable 30 years ago why would you yeah backwards it doesn't make sense yeah because even i was chatting about like i find the so obviously the news broke during lockdown of the I don't know who the big conglomerate that owned them, but like all the fast fashion brands that were basically running sweatshops out of the UK. Oh, so I know it's like Pretty Little Thing and yeah, Nasty Gal. Yeah. Um, but I was saying it's actually kind of sad for me to see because like I used to like, like Nasty Gal, if you ever read like Sophia Maruso's story, is such a like, like heartwarming entrepreneurial story like she started her business selling vintage clothes on ebay that then transitioned into a website and she was shaking all the model shots herself and then i think she went like i can't remember i don't know if she went into receivership or bankrupt or something happened anyway but she sold the company off and then it just became like pretty little thing and misguided or whatever but for a company to go from such like lovely roots to just then be embroiled 
like mm-hmm. she has nothing connected to it anymore but to be embroiled in such a scandal along fast fashion is really sad to see yeah but that's what happens when you sell your dream like as someone who works in marketing and advertising like you you sometimes you're told there is no brand story there is no origin story and you literally create that and you're it's supposed to be heartwarming and it's supposed to be interesting and it's supposed to get people to be like oh my god what an amazing story like yeah. the story of Estee Lauder is that she w- nobody would sign um nobody would sign her perfume and that she walked into this French department store and spilled her perfume accidentally all over it and the smell was everywhere in the room and then people were asking what is this amazing smell and that's how they're getting Estee Lauder into the um department store is it true probably not that's it, <laughs> did the marketing team fabricate it probably <laughs> Is it amazing? Did it sell thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of bottles? Yes. <laughs> God. Oh, you'll make well, us all so cynical. That's why I'm like now on this journey to try buying Irish in terms of like yeah. like knowing the person behind the company. So say I know Laura now. So that makes buying one of those bracelets even more special to me. Yeah. She's actually gonna, I'm recording a podcast with her because she she's been through cancer and everything. Like she's a huge like really interesting story so I'm just gonna come on kind of in her own right and just speak about her own journey so I'm really excited but now I feel kind of more connected and I think that's the thing with small businesses when they stay small like you're not gonna feel connected to buying something off Amazon like no yeah and you do feel much more I bought um a Sorka Sorka O'Reilly Sorka O'Reilly she's an Irish jeweler and she does these like gold brass um or these brass gold painted um medallions and I was absolutely set obsessed with mine because it has an eerie symbol on it and I was just like it means so much more to me that a she's Irish put more thought into it like for me it's not as mass produced as like something that I might yeah get somewhere else on Amazon or whatever yeah are you an Aries I am an Aries yeah. I'm an Aries <gasps> Aries fire yeah um, yeah because I was thinking I was really randomly earlier I was like me and Anya have a lot of like I think personality traits in common and then I the really random that I now know you're an Aries maybe it's a thing it's so funny because most of my I think a lot of my really good friends are between Virgos and Libras and they seem to level me out so I don't know <laughs> if yours is similar <laughs> I, yeah yeah I would say so whereas like even at the start of this call we were like like you were like start that sustainable business and we were like get that Botox and do those lip filler like we were just like yeah do it to each other do it yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like power and yeah. like, go for it you can do it <laughs> yeah but like you did it over lockdown fair play like you yeah. you went for it like you with your podcast so this is exciting and you're a barster so like, <laughs> <laughs> I also got a puppy the puppy is like obviously the highlight. I think he's I probably... really feel like I need a dog. You do need a dog. It has like I could I don't think I've ever loved something more. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, like he is he is I must bring him up to the I'm hoping to hopefully when your lockdown lifts, you're level three. Yeah. I'm hoping to head up towards because I'm in Stony Gold and Ages. So if I'm up I'll I'll let you know and I'll bring him to the kitty bags. Yeah, we'll have a little sing song. Yeah, I can't I can 
I haven't sang since my junior cert music exam, probably. But Listen, music is, it's not always about what it sounds like. It's how you feel when you do it. Yeah, I saw actually a TikToker and they were like, everyone can sing. Yeah. And I was just like, that's actually so true. But like, don't tell my boyfriend that because he's tone deaf. Well, singing is based on imitation. So, like, we grow up, we grow up listening to certain sounds and certain vocal imitations, and that's that's how we learn how to sing. So, like, for example, I I actually grew up watching a lot of gospel. Gospel. I was obsessed with Sister Act. I wanted to see what. People I literally sing. was picturing you in a habit in like your front room, like doing all the yeah. gospel songs. And like Etta James, like Aretha Franklin, like a lot of the songs that when I'm singing, like performing, singing, it's maybe it's not my own songs. It is normally very big, old, but like my sister grew up kind of listening to more country songs and more uh, like Cat Stevens. And so that's what she sounds like, because that's how Uh... you... So we all can sing. It's just t- sometimes people with better ears or that are more attuned to pitches and stuff like that can pick it up more quickly. Oh, I'll have to start getting you to give me like virtual singing and keyboard lessons so I can actually use the keyboard I ordered <laughs> over lockdown. I'm like not a proficient piano player and I really should be having played like accordion and keyboard for years but I find it really hard to do both hands at the same time I'm like just work you really have to practice I've noticed that actually because I saw you in one of your videos you were like jamming away or whatever and you had like one hand and one hand was up I was like is she playing that with like one hand <laughs> yeah I, I like to play I like to play mostly block chords um unless like when I'm playing and I'm not singing because I do find it quite difficult to to do that simultaneously I'm not Alicia Keys just yet (laughs) hopefully now when I have more time to practice on my music production and my piano I'll get to a point where I can be like Elton John you know I'm telling you though you're just going to move into that studio you're going to put a bed there you're going to be like real into your music you're going to get a coffee in the morning go for a nice walk outside like feel the energy go back in do some music like I'm oh, telling you, yeah. <laughs> a lot of like, yeah, I'm excited. It's a new chapter and it's going to be good. I feel it. You'll see me walking, accepting my Grammy, Emmy. I don't know what it's going to yeah. be. But I know I've, you know, I'm sure you've been to manifesting TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> and I like was, I watched, um, I read The Secret and I got really into like, okay, I'm going to manifest every day for like what I want to achieve. And people are like, oh, do you really think you're going to do this? And I'm like, yeah, in my head, I have the dress picked out that I'm going to wear to the red carpet when I accept my Grammy nomination for like best production in gaming. I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm winning yet. But like Anya, like I'm about to like speaking manifestation. Like I'm, I'm gonna make a vision board this weekend. So like, there. So it like you've you found your your soulmate in terms of manifestation. Yeah, your kindred spirit. But like, yeah. Sorry, everyone. We have rambled on for so long. But yeah. But if I can ask for his money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But if I can ask him you just to kind of sum up and take it back to kind of what we were talking to earlier what would be your kind of being a person that has come that has gone through trauma for the past like six years Uh what would be your kind of guidance or words of wisdom to to anyone 
like not to internalize everything that is said as um, an attack is something that I really struggled with. And what we have to remember is that like communication is fundamentally kind of what's wrong with our society. And just because someone can't interpret what you're saying, it doesn't mean that it's your fault. And because just because they can't give you back what you need, you, you shouldn't run away and be like, okay, this is something I did. This is my fault. Like it, at some point you have to find a way, whether that's through therapy or music or exercise, mm. knitting, art, whatever it is to let go of it because it just, it makes, it does nothing to hold on to that kind of anger and that kind of resentment and fear. And it, you know, chances are it probably will always be with me, but it gets, definitely gets easier. It's not as hard now as it was. Yeah. Like, um, I'm definitely writing cheaper than therapy and, and the music that has, that is coming up and that will follow has definitely helped in, uh, in me letting go of a lot of that. Yeah. Like, I think you definitely, you found your outlet of just, and like, I think one thing that you've kind of achieved maybe over lockdown in particular is because you've had such change, you've allowed it not to define you. Whereas previously it might've been kind of a defining aspect. Whereas now I think you're kind of like, you're being true to yourself. You're going back to music production. You got back into music, whereas you kind of had like your, I'm going to go do business. I'm going to go do marketing, which, which didn't really like speak to your soul really of what you wanted to do. So, and obviously you now have a world renowned dissertation for sustainability. (laughs) Um, and you found passions and you have a skill set that I've no doubt you'll bring to music, which will allow you to excel in music because some people probably come with the voice, but don't come with all the, how do I market myself? How do I do video? So you have that knowledge as well. So I think yeah I'm I'm really excited to see see what comes fingers crossed you see my name up in lights <laughs> yeah that's that's the aim um if anyone's listening I am now Anya's agent so if you want to book <laughs> <laughs> my legal advisor <laughs> yeah if you want to book her for anything you know I'll have to go through the contract and find detail but yeah um yeah thanks so much for coming on the podcast it was so lovely a to chat to you again after so long and then just like I feel like it wavered, like it was a podcast where you just had to stick with us, but we had yeah. a really good conversation. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm not like a, I, I really am not a small talk type of person. I'm like, cool. Tell me like, what's your deepest dark secret? <laughs> I know. Same. I'm like, oh, tell me something about you that no one else maybe knows. But uh, so before we kind of sign off, if you want to maybe shout out kind of where people can find your music or um, and follow along your journey. Oh yeah, they can find me um, on Instagram at Anya Boyle. They can find me on Spotify, just Anya, A-Fada, I-N-E. They can also find me on SoundCloud, Anya Boyle. You can, Anya Boyle is a really great name because nobody has, I have all of the handles for everything. So if you go Anya Boyle for anything, you will probably find me. And for any non-Irish listeners, can you Mm -hmm. spell your name? (laughs) A- how do I describe a father? A okay, I'll put it in the link. Father. Yeah, I'll put the link in descriptions anyway. But it's like A I N E O B O Y L E. Yeah, yeah. For anyone, I feel like anyone who's not like I've 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 ended up on that side of TikTok where it's like American people trying to read Irish names, so and I saw someone trying to read like Neve, and they were like Nyum. Nyum. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thanks so much, Anya. Thank you. And I hope to see you soon when we get out of level three, level four, whatever we're in now. Thank you for tuning in to another Legal Diaries podcast. Be sure to follow along on all the social media channels at legaldiaries.ie on Instagram, www.legaldiaries.ie and on Twitter, it's legal at legaldiaries underscore ie. Thank you.